Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 396. Today, we're going to be talking about the common mistakes that people make when running online or virtual parties or events. If you're somebody that has ever tried to use this as a strategy in your business, and I know many of you have, but you've struggled getting the results you wanted, maybe you're at the point where you've given up on parties and events, you kind of think, hey, it's not worth all the time and effort for such little results. Well, I'm here to give you hopefully a different point of view. Because when I think about where we are today and the things that we need to start doing differently, I think events should be very high on your list of strategies of how you grow your business in 2024. And so what I'm going to be doing, and we started last week, we'll continue it this week on today's show. I'm going to be giving you a very different way to think about parties and events, both online and offline going to be teaching you the transformational way to do these things. And my goal with today's episode, just to share with you some of the most common mistakes that I see people making, I promise you many of you have made a lot of these mistakes and hopefully get you to understand it's not that events or parties are dead or that they're not good tools because they are. We have people right now, clients of ours that are crushing it right now, running in-person and virtual events, right? And they are a good tool. But you have to understand how to do them the right way and how to do them differently. We have to adapt and evolve our approach to using this as a strategy. And so we're going to be talking about events and parties over the next couple of weeks on the podcast. And it's going to culminate with a two day workshop that we'll be hosting on December 19th and 20th. It's the first time ever that we've talked about this topic of parties and events. And I'm really excited to do so. And I'm going to be teaching you something that we call our transformational party framework, where I'm going to over two days, I'm going to break down a process for you that can be applied to both virtual and in-person parties and events. And I think this is going to be a really important training to help you figure out how to get your business on the right track in 2024. So if you haven't had a chance to check out the details and register yet, Just make sure you check out the show notes. We'll have the link in there and you can go see all the details. All right. So here's how I want to present this episode to you today. So this framework that I'm going to be teaching you in the workshop, I like to think of an event and we'll be talking about virtual events today. But what I'm going to talk about today applies to any kind of an event. I like to think of a party or an event in three separate and distinct parts. What happens before the party or event? the actual party or event, so during and then after. So before, during and after. And so what I all I did was I just made a list of the most common mistakes I see people make in each of these three areas. So let's start with before the event. So what are the things that you're doing leading up to the event itself? If an event fails, it's because it wasn't set up the right way. The things you did leading up to the actual event, whether it's a one day thing or I know many of you do, events or parties that are several days, doesn't matter the length of time. If the event itself fails, meaning that people don't, they don't show up 
or you just don't get any attention for what you're doing, it's because you made some common mistakes before the actual thing. Here's the first thing I see people doing wrong. And to me, this is actually more of an opportunity for being creative and doing things different. Don't just rely on Facebook groups for your parties and events. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't Facebook groups aren't still a good thing to use. But when we're relying on Facebook groups, we run into some of the same challenges that we run into today with our just organic content, which is getting seen. You know, the algorithm is working against us. And so if you're posting and you're doing things in a group, you know, somebody can opt into the group, but there's not a high likelihood that they're actually going to see what you're posting and what's going on in there unless you're really intentional about the way you run the event itself. So think about ways that aren't dependent on Facebook groups. You know, we have clients of ours today and you're going to hear from over the two days, you're actually going to get a chance to hear from some of our clients, leaders that have been using virtual and in-person events in really fun and creative ways, creating a lot of excitement and activity and results in their business. But I look at you know two things as an example. We have one client that does events on Zoom and absolutely has created a framework that is works amazing for her. And we have another one that does events, small little pop-up micro parties and events in Facebook group messenger. So one of the things that I want you to start thinking about is let's not just continue to operate from the same playbook that we've always operated from. Let's try to figure out and test new and fun and different ways to be able to deliver the information that we want. So that's the first thing is people just get too stuck in the way that they've always done things. The second mistake, and I think by far this is the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to before the event their invitation process is flawed and it's flawed in a couple of different ways. The first way that it's flawed is timing. See, having done events, online virtual events for now over seven years, I've learned a lot. And the one thing that I've learned is there actually is a time period in which invitations are done well. I see some people, the first mistake they make when it comes to time, they don't give people enough time to invite to the actual party or thing. So they'll have an event three days from now and they'll expect that people will have enough time to be able to make the necessary invitations to get people to actually show up too soon. Or they'll have people start inviting too far ahead of the event. You know, like if you have an event three weeks from now and you start inviting people, that's too long of a period of time. You're going to lose that sense of urgency. What I have found is there's a sweet spot. And the sweet spot that we have found is 10 to 14 days. The best practice for us is you schedule your event and then 10 to 14 days out from the event, you have people start to invite. So that's the first mistake that people make is they don't understand the right time frame for making the invitations. But then the invitations themselves are done completely wrong. Here's the second mistake they make. Is they're way too passive in the way that they invite. Listen, this is something you may not want to hear, but I'm just going to tell you what you need to hear. And especially if you are using events or parties as a way to launch people's businesses, new consultants, event invitations have to be personalized. The way I see so many people inviting is they do these copy and paste masked messages or text 
They post on their social media or in groups, hey, I'm doing an event. They set up an event and they invite people unsolicited and they hope and they expect that if they do enough, if I just go through, you know, hundreds or thousands of people on Facebook, I got to get somebody to show. But the truth of the matter is you won't. To me, there is only one tried and tested true way to make a quality invitation to a party or an event where you know there is a high likelihood that that person will actually show up and it is a personalized, individualized conversation. Now, here's the problem. Inviting the way that I teach takes way more time and way more effort, and it actually takes a little bit of skill. But I have never seen someone do it the way that we teach and not have success more times than not. So what you need to really look closely at is how are you teaching people to invite? So that's the first thing. They have to be personal conversations. I am messaging. Yes, you can use posting and, you know, you can automate pieces of it. But unless I actually talk to you and we have a conversation, let me define a conversation, not me sending you some spam mass invite and then just assuming that you're going to be there because I sent it. You respond and you actually tell me you will attend. That is a confirmation. Okay, that's where most people go wrong. Now, in the workshop, we take it to a second step. See, we created a system for events that we used. I mean, we had this thing down to a science. I have done so many, and I'm not talking about in my business as a coach. When I was in network marketing, events like in-home parties were the only way we built our business, right? Now, this was kind of pre- social media. So I don't want to date myself too much, but Hey, you know, I'm a little old. I just turned 50 by the way, this past weekend. So let's just get that out there so we can get past that. So anyway, we used to do in-home parties. It was the only way we built our business. And on an average week, I would do anywhere from five to seven parties in people's living rooms per week two a night, sometimes three on a Saturday or a Sunday. I probably have more experience doing in-person events than most of the people that you will talk to in your lifetime or that teach this kind of stuff. I learned really quickly what does and doesn't work. Now, what's cool is I'm talking in-person, but everything we learn that works about in-person, it works even better for virtual because it's way easier to get someone to show for a virtual event because it doesn't require them to leave their home. It's way more convenient. There's way more flexibility. Now, your experience may have been different, but it's probably because your invitation process was flawed. See, we would get an actual confirmation from someone. Yes, I will attend. And then a day or two before the event or the day of the event, we would get a what we would call a phase two confirmation. We would actually get people to confirm two times for us. Here's what we found. If we had 40 people confirm, we used to call it phase one and phase two. If we had 40 people confirm phase one, if you did not do a phase two confirmation, we had some meetings where nobody would show. If we did a phase two confirmation, we would on average get about 50% of the people that told us in phase one they would show. So I'm going to be teaching you in the workshop the exact process and actually give you the exact scripts that we used to use that you can adapt for both virtual and in person. 
The final mistake that people make when it comes to invitations is that they are way too transactional in nature. They just focus on the products and they don't incorporate problem solving at all. And so what happens is, is that the reason why people don't show or the reason why people don't pay attention if it's virtual is because there's no real value whatsoever or reason for them to do that. Right. And so you got to look really closely at your process for invitations and you have to really tweak it. It's going to require more work on the host's part and your part. But if you do it, you will see results. So those are the before the event. Those are the big things that I see. Hey, just wanted to jump in here real quick because I've got one big ask for you. Look, you know, we don't advertise on the podcast and my intention is to not sell or pitch you on the show this year. We just want to deliver free content that is 10 times better than what you've paid for to help you transform your business. So my ask is this. Help me spread the word of Love, Serve, Grow so we can change lives, help people that are struggling in their business and transform our profession. The only way we can do that is if you take the time to rate, review and share this podcast. So that's my big ask. Just take a few seconds seconds right now, wherever you're listening, leave a review. It would absolutely mean the world to me and it might just change the life of someone else. So thank you so much for being a part of our community. So let's talk next about during the event. So the first mistake that I see people making in the way they run the event is there's no actual process or plan for the way they deliver information, right? In order for events to really grow your business, they have to be duplicatable. You have to have a process that essentially is a step-by-step plan. So if your event is one hour, you need to be able to document what every minute of that hour is doing. Because if you're not doing that, here's the problem. You can never teach it to someone else. And the only events that will ever be successful are the ones that you're a part of or some other leader on your team is a part of because the average new consultant is not going to be equipped or capable to creating the value necessary in an event or a party where there's no actual process or system. So you've got to actually come up with a process and a system. Once you have that, Here's the key thing. When you have a process and a system, you can actually teach and delegate. Imagine this. Imagine if you had at any point in time in your business, multiple online virtual events happening in your team successfully that you had absolutely nothing to do with. Probably be a good thing for your business, right? Well, that'll never happen without a very clearly defined process or system. And so that's the first thing we need to do. Now, here's the secret. There is no one right way to do it. You just need a documented process. The only advice that I will give you when it comes to during the event is, you know, what we're teaching you is transformational and being transformational is always the first consideration is this. Is there any actual value to the party or to the event beyond you just trying to pitch, sell and promote? This is the next big mistake that I see people making is when you look at what they're actually doing in the party or the event, all they're doing is just promoting and selling. They're completely transactional. 
There is no value, right? You want somebody like I want to run a virtual event that, yes, I'm promoting and selling a product, but I want to run the kind of event and I want you to run the kind of events that if I attend, even if I don't buy, I am happy that I actually was there. See, events are not just a way for you to sell your products. They're actually a way for you to build relationships and community and connection with your team and prospects. So when we start thinking more transformationally, we start to ask ourselves, how can we focus more on problem solving and educating and empowering people inside of an event? How can we weave in our mission and our vision and our values so people clearly know that we are not just here to make a profit, but there is a purpose and a bigger reason beyond what we do? People actually feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves, right? This is what a transformational event is. People leave feeling inspired and you actually make them a little bit better, a version of themselves because they participated. You know, there's and some other things of transformational. There's not enough stories and testimonials. You know, the old adage facts tell stories sell is true, right? And so we just have to start thinking about the things that we're doing and saying. The final thing, final mistake that I see during the event, and to me, this is like a fatal flaw, is the event is not optimized for conversion. Listen, you know, there are multiple reasons why you do events. If you're running transformational events, it's not just to make sales. It's also to build community and connection, right? It's to deliver value, to help people. Like how cool would it be if you knew that anytime you ran a party or an event, even if nobody bought, people would walk away actually feeling like they're a better version of themselves and more connected to you and your company and your brand and your business. But at the same time, you also want to sell. So when I look at the way that people run events, I'm just scratching my head because I'm like, you know, these are not optimized for conversion. Like there's not a clear call to action at the end asking people to buy, challenging them to buy, telling them what they need to do to buy. Like there, you've got to design it in a way where it's almost like this kind of scripted process that culminates with the actual call for people to buy and join. And you gotta be bold if you run. See, most people are not bold about asking for the sale in an event because there's no value at all. And they actually don't feel confident being able to do that. When our clients run events, both online and offline, they are so confident that they've delivered value and have created an actual experience for people that they feel an obligation to sell to them, right? And so we've got to optimize it for conversion. Those of you that are running events that are more than one day, this is probably a huge mistake that you're making because there's drop off in an event. And if it's not designed the right way, you're going to be making an offer and you're going to be asking people to buy and nobody's going to be even paying attention. Right. And so we have to really start thinking through the way we design the process of the event itself. And whether that's within one single hour or over a course of days, there is an actual formula and a format for you to follow. We're going to teach that to you in the workshop. Last but not least, we talk about after the event. So here are some of the biggest mistakes I see people making in this area. First one is this. There's no actual formal process for how to follow up with people. See, here's the thing about a virtual event. A virtual event is really powerful. You know, let's say you're doing it in a Facebook group. If you teach people the right way to invite, this is key. I'm going to come back to this. 
you can assume with a high level of confidence that every person that is in that group is a qualified lead for your business, right? That means they've raised their hand and said, yes, I have some level of interest in what it is that you're selling here. So the big mistake that people make is they don't have a formal process of going out and systematically following up with every single person in the group. You don't just follow up with the people that attended. You follow up with every person that's in there because they are all qualified leads. Now, sometimes I'll teach this and people say, yeah, Bob, I do that. And then sometimes I'll hear, yeah, I only showed up because I wanted to help my friend. She told me she was going to get some kind of host reward if she did it. That's the wrong invite. You know, like, listen, the invites where you're like, oh, yeah, can you help me out and join? I'm going to get some host resort. That doesn't work anymore. And by the way, if that's your only pitch to get a host, I know a big problem you have is in getting hosts. You're inviting the host the wrong way. You're not creating enough value for them. Like just, you know, your little host rewards are not enough to get people to actually do the hard work of inviting and making an event successful. You got to become more skilled at actually creating value for somebody to want to host. But when I hear somebody say, oh, I just showed up to help my friend. To me, that's a clear breakdown in the invitation process, right? Like if you're qualifying prospects ahead of time and you've got higher quality people that are actually qualified, that are paying attention, more of them are going to show up. That's helping the organic reach, which means that it's getting in front of more people. You've got a more engaged group. You've got quality conversations. You've got excitement. You've got all these things that are leading to this close where people are buying. And then you have a process in place where you are teaching your team to go out and reach out and follow up with every single person. It doesn't even matter if they attend. Here's the big secret. We want them to attend. This is where virtual events can be really powerful. Virtual events are one of the best lead generation tools you have. Let's say you've got 100 people that get in your group and maybe only 10 of them see the thing. It doesn't matter because there's still 90 other people that are qualified leads that the reason them being in the event is the reason why you have the follow up conversation. You know, they might say, you know, you didn't tell you say, well, hey, could I ask you this? Why were you interested in the first place? And now you're into a conversation with them. So there has to be a process. But here's the next mistake people make with follow ups. You can't put it in the hands of the host or the new consultant. There has to be a leader involved. There must be a skilled person that is actually involved in the follow up. Now, what we used to do for in person events, we used to actually get a guest list. We had a we would have a sign in sheet. We would have everybody write down their name, phone number, and email. And this is where I'm going to date myself a little bit. And I'm going to bring it back into the 2000s here for you or the 2010s. We used to actually do three-way calls with every single person that was at that event. Now, what I would do today is I would do Facebook group chats. So I would have my host, if they had 20, 30 people, I would have my host do a three-way Facebook group chat with every single one of those people as a follow-up so that I could be in the chat with the person having the conversation to assess if there's a need and if we might be able to make a sale. But all of that is process dependent and it has to happen very soon after the meeting. Like if you're not following up with people in the first 24 to 72 hours, you're going to lose the urgency of the actual event and the lead. Then the final mistake that I see is this. Okay, somebody attends your online virtual party or an event, you follow up, they don't buy. What's the next step? There's always got to be a plan. See, we used to say you always book an event from an event. 
So like for me, if you're really smart, you know, let's say you're doing a party for a new consultant that's launching their business. So I got to ask myself, okay, if I have somebody attend this party and they don't buy, but they do show interest in some way, what's the next thing that I'm promoting to them? You know, the next thing might be some sort of a call, or maybe you have a group that's a bigger group that's for prospecting where things are happening in that group that I can invite them onto a thing. You know, maybe it's some sort of a Facebook live that's about the products that's educational. Maybe it's another event, you know, but always be thinking about yourself. What's the process here? What's the next thing that we're going to be promoting to the people that were interested but didn't buy for whatever reason? Let your process keep them enrolled and introduce them more and more to what you do and let the process do the work for you. So those are the biggest ones. Trust me, there's more, but those are the biggest ones. And you're like, that was a lot. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how many of these mistakes have you made? You know, and where I really want to just encourage you and challenge you is I don't want you to give up on the idea of parties and events. Because I promise you, if you do them the way that we teach, if you're transformational, I think events and parties are going to be one of the most effective and one of your favorite things that you do in your business in 2024. Look, the marketplace is changing. People are different. They have higher expectations around experience and value And you got to be willing to do the hard work on the front end to get them to buy. And I'm telling you, there is no better way to create experience or value than an event. 74% of consumers surveyed said that they are three times as likely to buy a product in an event and when they experience a business in some sort of a structured way. So, you know, that's the data. So how are you going to apply this to your business? Whether you've never done events before or you've done them and they've never worked for you, Hope should not be lost. There is a solution. You just need a better way. So this is what we're hoping to give you in the workshop. So once again, if you haven't had a chance to check out the details and grab your seat, go to the show notes, click the link. And as promised, we're going to continue this kind of series that we're doing on events. And so the next episode that we'll be doing, which will be happening next Tuesday, I'm going to teach you how to get people excited to host parties. So if you're in a party plan model and you know getting hosts is your biggest thing that's keeping you from growing your business, I'm dedicating next episode, the entire episode on my advice on how to be better at getting people to host. So make sure you tune in, grab your seat at the workshop. Hope you got some value out of today's episode. Take care. 